This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hey, welcome to part two of our interview with John D. Saunders. Let's jump right in. Okay, so let's get, let's, let's get very practical here right um what are sops so i think you you talk you did talk about it at first you give a very uh descriptive based on your own life but tell us what sops are again and then i want you to tell me how that can help us avoid becoming slaves to our workload and that these are just quotes from your website so i'm just trying to get people to get a little more depth out of it so sops are our standard operating procedures so they're, they're systems that you build in your business so that way you have a almost like a knowledge base of how you conduct everything in your business. So, for example, if you're a cupcake shop, right, some of your SOPs might be a specific way to make a red velvet cupcake. Step one, you take the batter. Step two, you mix this in. Step three, the specific ingredients, everything. So a recipe is almost a standard operating procedure because now I can take that recipe and I can give it to you. I can give it to Jimmy. I can give it to Jessica. I can give it to these individuals. And now I've essentially duplicated myself. Now these three people can go and they can execute that recipe and it mitigates issues. Now, if I went and told them, hey, here's how you make a red velvet cake. And they're kind of like taking notes sporadically. You know, they're looking over here because they don't have that SOP. It might come out different. But if they have that recipe, now they know exactly how to execute. And now I can duplicate my efforts. So for us, being a completely remote web design agency, we handle between 10 and 17, 18 websites at once. And we're a small 10-person team. Now, the main reason we're able to do that is because of systems. We have a, a direct process of how we onboard a client, how we set up their sitemap, how we do a low fidelity design how we move to high fidelity, how we collect feedback, how we update the client. All of that is systematized. So when that happens, it mitigates issues, it mitigates risk, and it makes it so that I can delegate and I can focus on how can we make this the best website this client can have and help them execute and make more money. So so even today, and this is just an assumption, even today, whenever you do something new, you do, do you just write it down right away and and, and find out where it fits in the system? Yeah, so so anytime I find like, like so for example, I'll give you one, right? A couple of weeks ago, we were having trouble in regards to like do, designing um, during our design process. You know, sometimes the feedback would get lost. Sometimes someone would put the change in Asana. The other change would be in Slack. And we'd have all this kind of dis, um, like, like separated content. So what I did was I was like, okay, how can we fix this? All right, I'm going to write an SOP where anytime an update is made, it's added to Asana and the Slack message is sent from the team. Once that's sent, they can use this template to share with the client. So now that process is streamlined. Now, four months ago, that process could be out of date. A new software could come out. Something can happen. And so your SOPs are always updating constantly, but it keeps you ahead of the curve and ahead of the competition. Because I'll tell you right now, there are so many companies, agencies that don't have any SOPs. They're just kind of like, running, you know, by the seat of their pants. And the main reason you open a business and make a business successful is to be able to build it to the point where it can work without you. Mm -hmm. And that's the biggest point. 
a few months ago, I took a seven day vacation and everything was running. Now, of course, there are little hiccups here and there, right? That happens. But ultimately, the business was able to still keep going and running without me there directing the team on a day to day. Yeah. And the, I mean, the best part about it, you have your cell phone, your laptop on, on your business trip. So it's a, it's a 10 minute fix as opposed to you doing everything yourself 24 hours. Yeah. And I didn't even bring my laptop. I was like, nope, I'm not bringing it. It's not happening. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You avoid that work bug just to get a little itch to go. Yeah. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta take that little, that, that little chance of time. So I, I know I, you and I talked about this before we started to record, you have a son and, um, you talk a lot about, and this is probably why you talk a lot about a generational wealth on, on all your content, right? When you're posting about generational uh, wealth, why is that so important to you? It's, um, it's one of those things where here, here's what, here's, here's the main point of that being a black man in America or just a black individual in general it's uh, you know, we're coming from a place of where we're kind of coming from behind. So the, the best way to really bridge that gap is through wealth, money. I mean, we can all say what we want to say. Money doesn't buy happiness, but it does buy opportunity. And so when we're able to build generational wealth, now my son can benefit from what I've created. He can go and he can start a business and have, you know, capital to start the business. He can understand the, the nuances of entrepreneurship or credit or how to handle his finances. And I'm not saying that that's the end all be all. But by building that generational wealth, each generation gets stronger as they pass. You know, you look at um, uh, you look at Tulsa, for example. It was a thriving city, an amazing city that was um, that was destroyed. Who knows what millionaires and billionaires would have came out of that city if it wasn't destroyed the way it was. Right. It was an entire ecosystem that was created and. Um, generational wealth, generational wealth is crucial. You know, I wrote a book called a step-by-step guide to building wealth from a dollar where I talk about incrementally what you can do in each age group to start making money. And a lot of folks think that you have to make a lot of money to be able to start building wealth. And you don't, you know, you can start at 18, you can start with, and you know, 401k, if you work for a company, a lot of times they match, you can start an IRA. If you're an entrepreneur, you can put money away to invest in the real estate, one thing that I wish that I learned was in my early 20s, I could have went and bought a duplex and lived in one of those, um, you know, lived in one, rented the other one out and had someone else pay my mortgage. Now I'm 25 and 26. I'm ready to move out and start a family. Now I can move someone else in that apartment. Now I have a nice nest egg that's probably appreciated over time. And I can start to really use that as, as a catalyst. And that's where it comes down to, right? Real estate, creating businesses creating opportunities in, in entrepreneurship to go ahead and build generational wealth over time. I, I like that. I like that. I agree. I agree 100%. I mean, I, I've had this conversation a million times um, about what the what the best avenue is. And it that's always been my side of the argument is that money, like you said, money doesn't buy happiness, but it allows you to do the things that make you most happy, right? So if you can, if, if you want to build if you want your son to have all the ability to be happy and not have to to grind as hard as you did, then it just so happens that money is that currency now. And it may be it may be something else later, right? But Ooh. teaching your son how to communicate and uh, you know value instead of daddy's got to go to work, right? Daddy's yeah. got to go to work, and I can't teach you these things that are super important. As opposed to here's what you need to thrive in this society, and let's keep it going for the Saunders the Saunders name. Exactly. 
now I I met I mentioned it. Now I really do want to know. Uh, you do you own stocks? I do yes, you do. Okay. Do you own real estate? I do yes. And do you own crypto? I do. I well, here's the thing about crypto. All I right. did, man. <laughs> I had I had a ton of crypto. I sold two years ago. Let me not say a ton. I had like three Bitcoin. I had maybe five or six Ethereum. I had like the main coins. Yeah. Um, and I sold them. I think I sold Bitcoin when it was around like, I want to say 3,000, 4,000. This was like two years ago, right before uh, futures in that January. Yeah. But now, you know, and, and now I'm, I'm backing it a little bit. I probably have like maybe five grand in, in, this, in the crypto market because I'm like, yeah. I'm, I'm a little weary right now. Yeah. But yeah, man, I know a ton of people that have just <laughs> <laughs> become millionaires overnight. Change your life. Yeah, man. Yeah. The, the, but the, the thing is, you you want, but you understand the value. I mean, you sold it, but you understand the value of equity. I mean, there's people who owned Apple stuff. The guy, what was it? One of the, the four, three or four co founders of Apple sold all his cashed out way uh, before Apple. Apple. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it happens, but you still you have equity in, in several different places. You have your business, you have physical land, you have. Uh, digital land in the in the form of of um, websites, right? You probably own a billion domain names, right? So you have land and assets all over the place. So I think the generational wealth is not going to be a much of an issue for you and your family. Have you you and your son started talking about anything outside of you know what what four year olds talk about? <laughs> um, not a ton, man. I'll be honest. We he does love uh, Monopoly Junior. So yeah. he's really great at it. Yeah, yeah. That's probably the extent. I'm, I'm wait and oh no, actually we do. So we have we have a chart for him in his room where if he if he completes certain chores and things like that. Um, it's actually an app called Kitty Credit, which I'm a partner in. KittyCredit.com. Kitty Credit. K, yeah, with a K. The founder is Evan Lee Part, the homie, amazing founder. He's built this great team that I'm a part of, where you basically make chores, and um, you you can basically. Mark's shore is completed and they get rewarded and it teaches them credit. Mm -hmm. So we use that. And then we, he gets, he gets, um, um, sorry, he gets uh, an allowance from that. And we use that allowance. He has like a little ATM machine and a debit card in the house. So he puts his <laughs> debit card in, he puts his cash in and he saves his money until he wants to go and buy something at like, you know, target. So yeah, that, that, that and Monopoly Jr. are pretty much where he's at right now, but I'm definitely going to introduce him to, to a lot of these things as he gets bigger. Yeah. Right. What's the end goal for you? Yeah. The, the end goal for me really is just complete freedom to do what I want 24 hours a day. And that means being able to open an incubator where I have a building that I own and um, other creators and founders can come in and we can help them incubate and grow their business. Another goal is to, to essentially travel for the majority of my time, you know, with my family and be able to, you know, we're actually going to, to Utah in a few months. We're going to, um, we just came back from Turks and Caicos. So traveling for me is just a great opportunity to be able to embrace different cultures. And um, the last thing is just to really make an impact, you know, on, on in this world in regards to the digital space, just being able to help people understand that, you know, web design is a great and lucrative thing that you can have digital real estate, creating digital assets that can help you execute and, and build a life that you want. Because now it's different. You know, before when we were kids, you know, you couldn't play video games and get paid for it. You mm. couldn't have a hobby 
and have that hobby net you, you know, six figures. So it's a different playing field. And, and the, the thing is, a lot of people just don't know that it's available to them. Like they might have these skills, but just not know that they can leverage the Internet to make money, work from anywhere they want and, you know, be able to build the life that they want. I like that. And, and a lot of that you're pushing through, uh, you're pushing through Urban Wallet, right? The uh, One of your one of your many businesses. So uh, <laughs> yeah, definitely. It, it's really, that's, that is, again, that's very, I think you've already made uh, a, a big, big impact. I didn't even know Urban Wallet was yours when I was using it. So uh, <laughs> you already made a really, really big impact. So here's a, here's a question uh, that we're going to end on that I want you to, uh, to, you're going to inspire a lot of people with this. I'm sure your answer, but if you had to, to start all over again today, all right, June 3rd, 2021, uh, where would you start? I would probably take all the money that I was making and um, invest in real estate. Like it, I, I would probably be, cause I had a 401k when I was at bank, it was called Bank Atlantic, which is, they're not, they're not a bank anymore. They're like defunct and they got bought or something, but I had a 401k there and they're matching up to like 5%. So I had like maybe seven, eight G's in there. Now, nowadays it doesn't seem like a lot, but back then what I should have done is taken that, and bought like a multiplex and then just stayed with my mom a couple more years because I ended up buying my first townhouse when I was 26. But I should have bought a multiplex, stayed with my mom a little bit. And then that one nest day could have netted me 10, 15, 20 properties by now. That and probably, you know, invest in Bitcoin. Yeah. <laughs> For like 5 g in Bitcoin in like 2012. And, uh, you know, I'd be not even 5 g probably like 15 and I'd probably be a billionaire today. Would you, would you still do uh, web design? I don't know. I don't know. I, I probably, man. I I love creating digital products. Like for me, having an idea and making it something tangible is still something that I'm very excited about and passionate about. So you know, I'm, I'm probably I'll probably always be creating these these designs and assets. But definitely, definitely. Well, listen. Th- thank you, man. Thank thank you for giving us. Well, one, give us the giving us that free game, and and two, kind of. Uh, uh, letting us know kind of the, we, we didn't talk, we talked about money a little bit, but we talked more about impact and, and, and culture and what, why we do this investing thing, why we do this money thing, right? The, the, the importance behind uh, the greenback that, that we're, we're working on making every single day. So I appreciate you coming on, John. Uh, please, before you go, drop Happy everything team. that you got. So give it socials, yeah. websites, all that. <laughs> Definitely. So y'all can find me on Instagram is probably the best place to find me at John D. Saunders. Um, I'm also on Facebook as well. And uh, yeah, if you have any questions, let me know. My website is johndsaunders.co. If you're looking to start your own web design business and thrive, and that's the that's the spiel. That's the spiel. Yeah, if you go to again a one Twitter content, if nothing else, you will learn a lot just by going to John D. Saunders on Twitter. And they're from there. If you're interested in digital marketing, whatever, you can build out your entire future just by starting uh, with some of his videos and content. So uh, thanks for coming in, John. It's much appreciated, brother. What I love the most, right, the SOP breakdown by John is spot on. Think about McDonald's and other restaurant franchises. They create SOPs so that the buyer of the franchise can literally 
have an exact blueprint on how to run the business and be profitable. If you're an entrepreneur, creating an SOP may be uh, what you need to increase your effectiveness and profits to help you scale up. I know for me and my stock trading, having an SOP or, as we call in the stock word, a trading plan is key to success. I loved interviewing John and I hope you enjoyed listening. Share this episode, uh, part one and part two, with a friend and revisit this to get your bearings once in a while. Back to stocks tomorrow. Have a great day. This has been your host, Alex Cunningham, saying be well. And remember, as you begin searching for answers to life's challenges, don't seek security. Seek adventure. Adventure.